I absolutely cannot believe that we're already at the end of the year. What is happening right now? How are we already at the end of 2023? I don't know. But as a homeschooling mom, this time of year can be a little challenging for us because as we're looking over our journey so far, we can start to feel a lack of enthusiasm. I don't know about you, but have you ever felt like there are days when your homeschooling routine feels like a never-ending cycle of the same thing? Have you ever felt like you don't know if you could do this for another day, much less the rest of the school year? Well, if you have ever felt any of those feelings, then this episode is tailor-made for you because we're going to talk about some powerful ways to breathe new life and energy into your homeschooling adventure as you step into a brand new calendar year and you've got that second half to do. So grab some sparkling apple cider and let's toast the new year with some simple ways to infuse some enthusiasm into the second part of our school year. Ready? Let's do it. Have you ever felt overwhelmed by homeschooling? I don't know about you, but sometimes as a homeschooling mom, it feels like I have so much on my plate that I can hardly catch my breath. Well, if you've ever felt that way, then you're in the right place because this is the Catch Your Breath Podcast. I'm Inga Masick, certified life coach and a mental wellness advocate. With over three decades in education and over 10 years homeschooling, I'm right there in the trenches with you. In this podcast, we're going to dive into some actionable strategies that are not only going to help you manage your stress, but also help you to have more joy, freedom, and balance in your homeschooling journey. So if you're ready to go from simply striving to truly thriving, then let's breathe through homeschooling together. Are you ready? It's time to catch your breath. Welcome to another episode of the Catch Your Breath podcast. If this is your first time here, thank you so very much for joining me. I'm Inga, and I am thankful that you have decided to give me a tiny bit of your podcast listening space. And if you're back again, what's up? Thank you so much for joining me again. I am so thrilled to be your guide on this journey to finding your balance and nurturing your well-being. And then in this episode, we're going to talk about reigniting the enthusiasm in your homeschooling journey. But before we dive in, I want to check in on you. How are you doing as you start this brand new year? Please know that it's okay if you're feeling overwhelmed or even a bit worn out. It is completely normal because homeschooling truly is a tremendous responsibility. And it's important that you take a moment to acknowledge the efforts that you have put into the beginning of the school year and that you also celebrate how you've overcome the challenges because you truly have. If you have not had an opportunity to take a moment to reflect on the things that have gone well in the first half of your homeschool year, please do that. It will bless your heart, your spirit, your family, your children, your homeschool. It's very easy when we are overwhelmed with a task that is as big as what we're doing right now in taking over the responsibility of our children's education. It's easy to forget 
all of what you have done, all of what you've been able to accomplish. And so I want to encourage and remind you to take a moment to celebrate the small wins. The big ones usually come natural, but be a detective and look for those small wins and make sure that you are celebrating them. Remember, if you're feeling so overwhelmed with homeschooling that you can't find your enthusiasm, you don't have to do it on your own. Book a call, book a session, send me an email, and let's do this together. Okay? I'm here for you. All right, so let's dive in to this episode and the seven ways that you can reignite your homeschool enthusiasm. You ready for them? All right, here we go. The first thing that you can do is to look at how you can align your curriculum or what you're already doing with your child's passions and their interest. When you see the way that they're excited about what they're doing, a lot of times that helps to build your excitement. So simple things. I have a daughter who's into slime. How can I take what we're already doing and infuse some slime activities into it? Simple things like when we're writing, when she's doing her writing assignments, hey, expository, write about how to make slime. Narrative, write a story about a little girl who loves slime, you. When we're doing science, we can look at how can I, comp- if, if there's a way for me to do chemistry, there's chemistry that is happening with slime. Let's use that as the way that we're going to talk, do our chemistry for the day. We are talking about, um, we actually were just talking to her about why, you know, she couldn't let it get on the carpet. And what's interesting is she was teaching me some things, but there are different kinds. Some you can, they can come up from the carpet. Some are going to stick all of that. And so there are a whole bunch of different slimes. So, all right, can we talk about the different slimes? What are in the ingredients of them? Why we were talking about the activator. We were, and we were even talking about that vocabulary word and just looking at the thing that she loves. How can we bring that as a part of what we're learning about? I have a child who's into rocks and gems and he just got a rock tumbler. And so we're looking at the different types of rocks and then talking about maybe going to a rock mining place and having us dig for rocks and, you know, doing a scavenger hunt to find out the different type of rocks. And so those type of things, while they're not necessarily your thing, just like when we get super excited about buying them Christmas gifts because we think about their face and how excited they're going to be. And that's the same thing we can do as we are trying to wrap up our lessons in a way that's going to be exciting for them. The other thing that we can do is also look for what brings us enjoyment. So how can we take those things that we love and make sure we're infusing them into our homeschool day? So for instance, I love read-alouds. And so we make it, I make it really a goal to ensure that there's read-alouds that are happening. And we'll talk about one of the ways that I do that that I think is really enjoyable and has been a win for both the children and for me. But how can you take that thing that you love? If you love cooking, if you love um, knitting, if you love singing, whatever it is, how can you take that and have it be something that they can do with you or something that you can teach them? So you can find a way to infuse that as a part of the lesson. The second thing that you can do is what I was talking about a little bit with that reading is do a book club. 
And really it's about doing a club as a part of learning. So you can do a book club, you can do a math club, you can do a science club, you can do a history club, any kind of club for any of the subjects, you can do that. Here's what's fun about doing a club. You a club <laughs> is that you can choose to invite other children, other families as a part of your club, or you can just do your club within your home with your children. So don't feel the pressure of now having to do some extra planning for other people's children or other families. It can be something that you do just for your family, just for your children. And a book club is a simple way of introducing a book and exploring and getting deep into the book. What is great about a book club is you can take all of those literary, literary elements that you need to teach and discuss them. There's something about having that discussion where you're a part of it with them. Because when you're in the book club, even though you're facilitating and leading it, you're a part of it. So you're asking questions. You're having the discussion. You're not really, you're teaching, but it's a way, it's in a way where it's a discussion that is happening. It has been one of my favorite things to do since when I was in the classroom all the way through my co-op years, you know, even with moms, I love to do it, but I have found enjoyment in doing it with my own children because they look forward to it. I was quite surprised at how well they took to Charles Dickens and A Christmas Carol, but I really think it was because of the book club aspect. I think if I had said, I'm going to teach you this thing, they might not have been as enthused about it, but the fact that everybody had their book and we were sitting at our table or in the living room reading the book and talking about it, asking questions, even when we did the audio part of it, we might pause and say, let's talk about that for a little bit. Why do you think he did that? Or what do you, what do you think is going to happen? What did that mean? And they love just being a part of that discussion. So consider doing not just a book club, but anything that you, you can turn anything into a club. As always, I always say, and I was just saying that to one of my listeners, as we were talking about something, I said, if there's if I talk about something on the podcast and you want me to do another episode, please tell me because I definitely will oblige. The third way that you can add some enthusiasm is collaborative homeschooling. And don't necessarily think of this as a co-op. This is just simply seeing how you can partner with some other homeschool families to create the club atmosphere I was talking about, or to do some lessons together. And it's just having some shared experiences. So everybody's bringing what they do best to the table. You can do it in terms of a thematic-based lesson or curriculum or theme, or you can just do it to say, all right, so everybody's going to come together and we'll do science in my house. And so I'll do the experiment. If you could do this part that you teach it or you just bring the materials or whatever it is, we just come together and we do this together. I have spoken to several mentor moms and those I call consider mentor moms those who have graduated students or are have been in it way longer than I have and I talked to them about what are some of the successful things that they've done. And many of them said, oh, we didn't really do a co-op, but we collaborated with other homeschool moms, other families. And they just came over and we did this subject together. Um, simple things like PE or um, art or whatever it is. What can be enjoyable about that, that's even a little more enjoyable than having a co-op, is that it's not a... It's structured in a way, but it's a little more relaxed. 
and it can be on your terms. So you don't have to feel like you have to have a lot of rules in place. You can just say, everybody come over at this time on Tuesdays at one o'clock. Let's do this together. And that can be exciting for you and your children because now you don't have to carry the load on your own, but also you get some mom time to talk with other moms and your children get some, some kid time. For me, I know it's even more enjoyable when I have other children. I like to have big groups of children when I'm teaching because I can just do more games and, and more interactive things. So that actually gives me a lot of excitement. But you have to really pay attention to what is too much for you. So if it's just one family that maybe has the same amount of kids that you have, 100%. If you are, if it's going to cause you to be more stressed out or, or to have more overwhelm if you have you know, an added 16 children or, you know, because two families could have 16 children. You just want to keep in mind what is going to be the least stressful for you because this is the thing that's supposed to infuse you with enthusiasm, not to stress you out. The fourth thing that we can do to help to get some more enthusiasm into your homeschool, and I think this one is key. I always talk about being a detective. I say that so much. I say it to my, my children all the time. I've been saying it to my students forever. And now I realize I say it to you over and over again. But it's because I truly believe in it. That you have to be a detective. And so in this case, you're being a detective for looking for a reason to laugh. Looking for moments to, to laugh, to smile, and creating them if you have to create them. What makes you laugh? What makes you smile? How can you make that a part of your homeschool? If I am not being very clear about who I am and what I need and what is fun to me, and I don't, if I don't know what that is and I can't infuse it into the day, then I can go through the whole day feeling like nothing was enjoyable. I believe that I have to enjoy it as well. So I'm always, not that it, it can't get done if I'm not enjoying it, because there's just some things I'm not going to enjoy. But I am intentional about looking for ways and looking for things that can make me smile, can make me laugh. So when I'm choosing books, can I choose something that's funny? Can I find the humor in the thing that we're talking about? Can we find jokes? We do Nicole the Math Lady. And what I love about the way that she does the lesson, she'll have brain breaks. And they'll just be silly jokes that users have um, sent and my children love it. And so they'll, their, their, um, I want to say their intention, but what they try to do now is tell me the joke and see who can make me laugh. Because some of them are just corny, corny. But some of them are so corny that they make you laugh. They love it. I love it. It's something simple, but it gives us a reason to laugh and to smile. So look for those things that, that make you laugh. Be a detective for that. The fifth thing that I think is so key that is going to help with your enthusiasm is to be intentional about breaks. Take your breaks during the day. And when you take those breaks during the day, see if you can. it can be something that, as I said, makes you laugh, gives you joy, a piece of chocolate. I don't know if eating is a good thing. The nutritionists are going to get us, but just to go outside for a second or just something that you're just intentional about planning those breaks, taking those breaks, and that when you do that, then you're not allowing yourself to get too overwhelmed during the day. I don't remember if I'm on the fifth or sixth, but I'll go with the fifth thing is to incorporate some celebrations. Please incorporate 
some celebrations into your homeschool. These can be milestone celebrations where you're you know, if your students are, your students, your children are learning about multiplication facts, you can do milestones where, okay, so we have the 12 multiplication timetables. When we get six of them, we're going to have this party. Or when we get through our thematic union, we're going to have this celebration. Or I love to do celebrations when somebody gives an answer that's correct, when they read something, when they we do memory work each week. And so when they're able to tell the memory work, we do our celebrations, any of those things we're looking for. it. If you can have, as we're going to talk about with our thematic units, if you end a thematic unit or a, even a chapter unit or something big, that you have some sort of celebration where it can be everybody gets ice cream or it can be a party or it can be a movie that you watch or it can be a walk or whatever the thing is that you've decided that there's some way that you're celebrating this it can be I love to do family dances just a quick five minute dance let's do it that's funny because the children are very much embarrassed by it but that makes it even better <laughs> so have some way to celebrate those and then the sixth one is to do either projects project-based learning or thematic based learning somewhat the same but a little bit different a thematic unit is that you take a theme and then you run it through all of the different subjects so you might learn about and sometimes it can be a history theme so that's already the history but then you're pulling in all of the other subjects so let's say you're doing something with ancient civilization or ancient Egypt or something like that ours this past time was Victorian um, the Victorian era and then you're looking at the history that you can learn from that, what science things you can talk about, like if we're talking about coal, which we talked about a little bit, like are there some scientific things we can learn about coal? Is there any math that we can infuse in that? The reading that, what reading can we do? How can we make our writing a part of it? And everything is around that central theme, which then makes it really exciting to then attach a field trip to that because now you've got the field trip and then some sort of milestones celebration. And so that celebration could be the field trip, but it's just all connected. A project-based learning is when you are you have a project that you're working on and then all the learning is related to that. So you might decide that you want to make a garden in the back of the house. And so everything you're going to do is going to be around that. You're looking at how you're going to infuse the science there. You're reading. Anything you're reading is about the garden and, you know, it can be about botany or about plants or any of that. But also, as you're thinking about what are the things that we need to learn in reading, we're doing that within that project. And so if we're learning, let's say, our spelling words, we might have specific spelling sounds. We're going to look for those words that we are relating to that um, project that we're talking about. If we're doing something with math, we're going to try to figure out how can I... What I already was going to teach, how can I infuse that in the project? Or what does the project lend itself to that I could teach that's going to be helpful? Remember that for most of us, we aren't necessarily following our state standards. We're following more of the curriculum that we have, those standards, those objectives. And so we can take something that might have on the standards been taught for seventh grade we can take that and teach it in third grade or teach it in ninth grade we can kind of move up or move down because we have that flexibility and so that is something that can infuse some enthusiasm because you can have 
themes or projects based on the things that matter to you, the things that are important to your family. And so they serve a purpose. And so that brings some excitement back to you. And then finally, the seventh thing is if you're starting to feel like you're losing your enthusiasm, go back to your vision. Go back to your initial why. What is the why? What's the big reason that you decided to homeschool? And then what's your what? What is the overall, the end goal? What do you want your children to be able to say about homeschooling? What do you want to be able to say about homeschool? And ensure that those things that you have been doing are aligned. If there's misalignment between what you want and what you're doing, then that could steal your enthusiasm because it could feel like you're just going through the everyday because you don't see how what you're doing is connected to what you want or what you desire. So it's very important that you take a moment and go back to that and say, wait a minute, have I kind of gotten off track in a way? And as you look at that, revisiting your why, put it as the last thing, but that might need to be the first thing as you look at that then that can help you to go back and look at okay so which one of these things do I need to do to make sure I get back to my why and to my what do I need to make sure because I wanted my children to really feel like this learning was personalized and customized to them so now I need to go back and figure out what really makes them excited about learning what do they want to learn about what do they enjoy doing that's what I need to put back in if I said I wanted to be able to be a part of this learning journey with them then I need to be looking at what are the things that I want to learn about what are the things that I want to do in our homeschool and how can I infuse that if you're saying okay my why was that I was going to have meaningful relationships well have I done that have I invited other homeschool families am I in co-ops and even if I'm in co-ops if the co-op that you're in is not serving your need and you're saying I actually wanted to build stronger relationships and I don't feel like that's happening then definitely look at does the co-op allow for that Am I being intentional about reaching out to families? Have I invited people over? How can I do some more collaboration? If I'm saying I want to have lifelong learners, that that was my big why, that I wanted them to be able to love learning. I wanted them to be able to be strong readers. I wanted them to want to read. Well, maybe I need to infuse a book club. If I wanted them to be stronger in math or I wanted them to be inquisitive, maybe I need a a math club or a science club. If I'm saying, you know what? I wanted to feel like our days were our our own so that it could be flexible. I didn't want to feel like we were having these long, drawn-out days. Then that may be your cue that you need to take more breaks. If you're saying, I am not, I want to be able to give them the best education, but I don't think that I'm doing that, then you may need to look back at your wins and celebrate them. You may need to be a detective to find out, am I really doing as much as, am I I doing as much as I think I'm doing? And, And actually what I feel like happens is I'm doing way more than I'm giving myself credit for. So I need to go back and see what I'm doing. So when we look at that, why? That is going to help us to go back and say, all right, what are the things that I need to do? What do I need to change? What do I need to keep doing? Because sometimes when you look at what you have been doing and you see the successes because you haven't been celebrating them, you can say, oh, wow, I've been doing way more than I thought I was doing. And so that can give you some enthusiasm to say, all right, we're doing this. Let's keep doing this. 
As we wrap up today's episode, I want you to remember this. You can embrace every single day of your homeschool journey, knowing that you have the power to infuse it with enthusiasm and purpose. You have the power to do this. So you don't have to feel helpless if your homeschooling isn't looking the way that you want it to look. You can do something about it. You have the power to make a change, to do something different. And I want to encourage you to start with being a detective because you may not have to change as many things as you think you have to change. You may just have to open your eyes to look at what you've been doing really well and then to look at what are some of the things that you can either continue doing or start to do that can bring back that enthusiasm that you had. Please remember that I am here to support you through this. So I look forward to having an opportunity to encourage you here on the podcast. But if you need greater support than that, please reach out and let's book a session and let's chat and let's make sure that you truly are enjoying every single step of your homeschooling journey. I cannot wait to see you right back here next week for another opportunity to catch your breath. Thank you for tuning in. I hope that this episode empowered, equipped, and most of all, encouraged you. Don't forget to share your thoughts on today's topics because I'd love to hear how you're implementing these strategies. And you can do that in the free community where you can connect with me and other like-minded moms. You'll get some practical tips for homeschooling and teaching your child, managing your stress, and prioritizing your self-care. You can also ask questions there. You can participate in the fun challenges. And of course, you can celebrate your wins because we like to party over there. Also, if this was helpful and you know that it can be helpful to someone else, leave a review or share this with another homeschooling mom who needs to catch her Mommy! (laughs) Well, that's my cue. But before I go, I want to leave you with these words from Philippians 4, 6-7. I pray that you won't be anxious about anything, but that in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, you would present your request to God and that you will experience the kind of peace that surpasses it understanding as you navigate the stresses of life and homeschooling. Until next time, remember to take a moment to catch your breath.